She kissed me? Yes. On the cheek? No. On the mouth? I think, no, no. she didn't kiss you on the, she tried to kiss you. I and pulled you, away. And you were like, Mercy and the Mans, episode 10. We are in double digits. Whoa. Yeah, and it it's only clearly, took us, clearly oh. time to uh, record since the cat just started getting like all crazy. She got crazy because it, uh, it took us over a year to get to double digit podcast episodes. <laughs> we are aiming to do better. <clears throat> yeah. Well, last episode was really serious and informative and so I wanted to do something completely different this time and talk more about like stories and silly little things and and stuff kind of like get back to that because last week was all about if you didn't hear it it's all about what you need to know about hiring a band and we give you like everything you need to know I think we did pretty good on that yeah if you don't want to listen to that episode um, step one is hire mercy in the heartbeats <laughs> yeah <laughs> then you don't have to go through through all that um, so yeah so this is not informative in that regard I mean you might take something like valuable away from it today you never know could well maybe maybe um so I didn't plan on starting or even having this in in this episode, but I saw it on, I should have looked it up, but it was actually uh, an inquiry to a band back uh, in the Midwest, and he posted it on his uh, Instagram saying, now I've seen it all. And it reminded me that I actually know people that have done this, and that is, would you play nude at a nudist resort, would your band play? Um, I don't know, Mercy uh, Heartbeats, would you <laughs> chime in? <laughs> so, well, no, I'm asking you first. Oh. You first. Because I actually, I cannot remember who it was, and I was trying to remember today. Um, I do know that I have talked to several people that have played um, in the nude at a nudist resort, full band, and if I recall, the drummer said that he was the most uncomfortable because he didn't think of bringing something to sit on, on top of his drum stool. Drum yeah, that, stool? That's a mistake. <laughs> so It's like vinyl or, or... So that just got me thinking, like, for one... Well, no, I'm not going there yet because I'm asking you first. You, man's I Caprista. I would like to say yes because it sounds exciting and I've been to Burning Man and I mean <laughs> lots of lots lots and lots of people have seen me naked so right. that's not like in and of itself a problem but I've never even really like taken my shirt off on stage I've been too too shy to even do that right so it could go one of two ways either either I would be too like um you know, nervous or whatever to do it, or the fact that I'm just taking it all off would make it somehow um, better or easier. I think that would, I think, well. Like, you get like the full framing, you know, like. <laughs> I think, I agree with that. I think it's all or nothing. And the fact that the the entire audience is going to be nude, like if it was, you're the only thing that's going to be nude 
but everybody else is clothed, then I wouldn't like that. But if it's like everybody's nude, then I'd be okay. Although still as a singer, the, the first thing that comes to mind for me is there's a drummer behind me the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. Yeah, true. Best seat in the house. <laughs> if it was we'll put a Mercy in the Heartbeats, poor, poor Will. You know, it's like, I, I, I can say that like, okay, I'd be open to it. I need all the details and I can wear heels, right? Like as long as I can wear heels for some reason in my head, that would make it better. Well, I guess my secondary question would be like, do I get like a light fluff beforehand <laughs> or... Do I have to go in like kind of cold, you know? No, because it's usually, it's it's not a sexual thing. Maybe not to you. <laughs> That's probably why I don't get invited to those sorts of places. <laughs> right. I can't bring Kyle because everything is sexual to oh, him. Oh, man. Well, no, that's not true because you have been to Burning Man that's and you true. have been new and you don't take advantage of those, those no, moments. No, I, I can actually say from experience that uh, the first like 10 minutes of Burning Man, you're like, boobs, boobs, butts, butts. Penises. There's a penis there, I guess. I don't know. I, I, that's interesting. I'm not really into that, but there's penis. And then after like 10 minutes, you're just like desensitized to it. Yeah. And only only like losers after that like uh, make a thing of it. It's like you... I found myself like having conversations like eye to eye <laughs> with fully nude like beautiful women and never once like gazing down. Yeah. Like it wasn't hard to do that. So there is a there is truth to that about like you sort of and and fully naked guys too where you're like don't I didn't have to be like don't look at his penis don't look at his penis right. but it's like you know you just kind of it be once the what am I trying to say like once the the uh, the sort of judgment or stigma stigmatization God dang the stigmatization <laughs> uh, that like normal society puts on that kind of thing is right. like stripped away where it's like. It, well, everybody can dress how they want. You could be you could be a Burning Man, dressed head to toe in like uh, uh you know overalls or whatever, or you could be naked as the day is long, right? And nobody really ever makes a thing of it. And if you do make a thing of <sighs> it, you're sort you're sort of the weird one. You're the one everybody kind of goes like, "Hey, you should leave" or whatever. Um, right. You've been th- three times. I've been f- uh, four or five times. You have not. Yeah, not went, that many. I went three years in a row. And then skipped a year, and then went again. Um, I don't know if I've gone five, maybe a four, okay. but I've definitely been four. Ladies and gentlemen, I have not gone. I was hoping that um, my fortieth birthday would take us out there, and we we didn't make it, and we were for sure gonna go for my forty first, and then COVID happened, so we didn't go. But going back to the nudist thing, um. You and I are both very comfortable with nudity, so I don't think it would be. I don't. I, th- we would probably have to sub some people out in the band, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think it would be a problem for me. Like I said, for some reason in my head, knowing if I could wear heels would make it feel a little better. And knowing that you were going to be there would make it feel a lot better. But you know, we've been invited to to places we haven't gone because of COVID, but true, um, we're not afraid of. We could, do like a, we could do like a band full of women and me, kind of like the Robert Palmer uh, Addicted to Love video. <laughs> you wish. Oh, wait. You you played at Burning Man and you guys weren't weren't nude? No, but it was a burlesque show. Oh, so there was nudity. I don't think I don't think they actually, I think it was like they, they stuck to the sort of burlesque, uh, you know. Pasties? Yeah. 
thongs yeah. and I mean, stuff there was like that. Na- probably naked people out in the audience. I don't remember. It was nighttime. Actually, it was nighttime, and it was a it was a somewhat cold year, so maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but it was yeah. The uh, what I remember is the people that. Well, funny enough too is the people that were per- performing were. Uh, the stage was a was a like Victro- it was called the Victrola stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a fully built Victrola like old school Victrola Victrola. Like yeah, I don't know how you say it, but <laughs> you know, like the old record players with right. the horn and all that. Mm-hmm. This, it was a giant one of those with like a flat kind of performance area up above, uh, and then a, like a porch area down below. Okay, and so the band we were on the porch area down below. And everybody was performing up top. And so I couldn't actually even really see what was going Aww. on. I mean, I wasn't, <laughs> there was no lacking of things to look at that week. But, right. But yeah, I mean, they were, you know, it was pretty, it was, yeah, they were, as, as I remember, they were, yeah, it wasn't just like I'm going to. Yeah, but you, you were, you were dressed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was dressed like a cowboy. Of course you were. But like an old school gunslinger. Right. Yeah, not like a, not like a go to the costume store and get a cowboy outfit. No. <laughs> Way cooler than that. <laughs> who, would, who would think that? Well, um, I just thought that was interesting. And, and like I said, I want to say that I know like a drummer that did it and a singer that did it. I mean, I and might do it for the story. I can't imagine there's very much m- money in that. Probably not. But it for me, I, I don't think it would be so much about, about the money. It's not like I would do it, but you have to pay me five thousand dollars to do it like I've, i have you know i've done depends. many types of performances and they've all been been very um uh what am i trying to say all the gigs have been respectful but i i've done you know i've performed in um i have sung and performed in a thong on stage i've uh pole danced and i've done that for private events and um and funny enough, I mean, I, it's always been events that are like, like I, I always said I wasn't going to do like the bachelor party thing or, or those kind of private parties. I got hired once to do by a wife to surprise her husband for, I think his 40th. And, Surprise. <laughs> and they, but they were so, everybody was so nice and respectful. And like, it was just, I was just there as, as, you know, background and, um, and it was, it was, you know, it was cool good money cool it was cold i think i'd be more inclined to do it if it was an actual like nudist resort or whatever because those people they're they're like in the lifestyle it's not like a a, they're not gawking it's not a thrill well it probably is a thrill but you know what i mean it's like they have a certain it's like the same thing as burning man is like there are people there that are creepers but again if you're a creeper you're the weird one and you're the one that's like kind of cast out of wherever this, whatever right. space you're in, you know, there's not a lot of tolerance for that. And that's kind of the vibe I get from like the nudist people, you know, like go in there, start acting like a creeper. They're not going to just be like, oh, that's, you know, they're going to kick your butt out. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to kind of like, I thought we could talk about funny stuff that has happened on gigs, uh, especially together. But I mean, let's be honest, we haven't done every gig together. Um, and one of my stories, so my thing was overheard at a gig, which doesn't have to be necessarily related to you, but something you've overheard, you know, like the whole like overheard in um, L.A. or overheard in San Francisco, that kind of thing, or it has directly affected you. 
um, what has been something that has been like the most like odd or like funny, stupid thing that's happened well, on a gig? Maybe I'll just start with this one, and this is a chance for me or us to shout re to uh, reciprocate a shout out. Uh, our friend Jeff uh, Subaru. Uh huh. Did I say that right? Subaru. Okay. Jeff, if I said your name wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> You've told me what it, how to say it more than once, and my brain just doesn't. Anyway. <clears throat> Subs. Subi uh, <laughs> has a podcast called The Green Room with Jeff Subaru, and it's spelled S-U-B-U-R-U. Anyway. And Bray. And Bray, uh, another guy's last name <laughs> I will definitely butcher. Yeah. Um, they have My an Lord. awesome podcast. It's super entertaining, and they they recently told uh, a story about the the sort of the hazards of taking requests. Um, Bray told a a, <laughs> a story, uh, and so I'm going to take an opportunity to 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 I will shout their podcast out, and yes. I will tell my story about the hazard of of taking requests. And this is when I was playing drums. That wasn't really my problem, <laughs> <clears throat> but the singer of the band I was previously in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played a wedding. It was a nice wedding, as most of them are. Right. And the drunk uncle. Of course. Loud drunk uncle. Uh-huh. Um, offered our singer, uh, and by extension us, but our singer was right. the one dealing with it, a uh, hundred bucks to play three re- requests. Okay. Um, which, okay. I mean, most of the time people request stuff. They request stuff that's already on your set list. Not this guy. <laughs> Very specific requests. It was not easy. And I don't know. I don't really fully remember what set him off. I don't know if we were getting towards the end of the night. And he, he hadn't heard, yet, heard a we, song yet? No, we'd done two. Oh, wow. But we owed him three. Okay. And I don't remember. Like like I said, I don't remember if he thought that uh, that night was wrapping up and he didn't get his third request yet or whatever. But we... <laughs> he came up and like got in our singer's face and like put his fingers in his chest and everything it was like basically was like you owe me one more my friend and like treating him and us like we're you know uh, wow you know i don't even know uh, right you know but like yeah treating us like like a bar band yeah that i mean d- I doesn't do this for a living i wouldn't and- take that shit on stage at a bar either right but, you know but- yeah. But, you know, we're at this nice wedding. Most of the people there don't even know what's going on. Right. So the singer kind of had to just, like, take it. I know he wanted to haul off and, and, and sock this guy in the mouth, but you can't just haul off and punch the drunk uncle in the mouth. Nobody else knows what's going on. Right. Um, And man, that story probably still gets told in the band, but it definitely <laughs> got told the whole time I was there. Um, And it's one of those things is, like, you want to take requests if you can because it's a customer service thing and you're performing and you want to, mm. you know, uh, you want to try to make people have fun and people like it when you play their requests. Right. But you got to be careful about getting yourself locked into, uh, you know, something that you uh, uh, can't get out of or that you can't quite pull off or whatever. Right. Well, so that makes that that makes me think of um, I used to play with the girls, uh, the girls with a Z. Uh, it was an all-girl band that played in the lobby Wednesday nights at the Fairmont in San Jose. And I fronted it, and we had piano. Piano, not keyboard, piano. 
Is it one of those places that has like a grand piano? Yes. Okay. So piano, uh, bass, and um, drums. Piano, bass, and drums, and myself. Later on, um, no, it was always piano because the piano's there. I was going to say later on there were keyboards, but it wasn't. Um, So, you know, no guitar, no lead guitar or anything like that. And we were there for about, yeah, I think we did like three 50-minute sets or something like that. And it was a weird setup as it was. No stage. You're literally on part of the dance floor, and you have people behind you at the bar. You're in front of the bar. So you got people sitting at the bar behind you, and then you have the whole lobby area and and everything you like how i'm using my hands and my arms to show show everybody what i'm talking about. i mean i appreciate it i'm following along <laughs> swimmingly but um so here's the thing though when you do a gig like that it's hard enough as it is because people aren't there for the band right people your, your ambience yes people haven't come Ambience. to see a band play but most of the time they're pleasantly surprised and like oh there's a band and, oh it's all girls and blah 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 so, so it's just, and it's just a weird setup. Cause like I said, you've got people behind you, but anyway, that being said, we kind of had this joke that as long as I could get the lyrics and I kind of knew it, we would attempt anything, but that would so bite us in the, you know what, because they'd come up with these requests and it's like, do you see, we don't have a guitar. Do you see, we don't have a keyboard player. It's just piano. So like, you and, and I mean we got through it but it was like one of those things where it was like I wanted to eye roll so bad because you know people would come up and say um could you live it on a prayer okay but we don't have a guitar and it's just piano and you know and and so it's like the piano player would try to like get some of the licks and the bass player would try to you know whatever but it's like those things that were like oh my god this sounds so like that um you know, like a bad jazz band trying to pull off. Cause we mostly did like, um, first that would be more standard stuff. And then the other sets would be more like R and B or, you know, some pop stuff that we could pull off that way. But so that, that was a weird gig when people would ask us for the, the weirdest oddest requests. And of course I can't think of anything, but, uh, that, but there were, Oh, what was the other one? What was the, um, Fiona Apple criminal oh yeah so and it's like with just piano and bass basically and like you know it was just it was it was hilarious some of those uh those requests but um I like the one that you have where um they don't remember you from the band oh that's a recurring one yeah (laughs) but then we mostly happened when you were a drummer I'm sure I've mentioned it before but yeah I, it's it, you know what it is too. It's like I realized uh, in that band, especially the I mean the band I played the most in, um, we all dressed the same, and I didn't have any like crazy for the most of my time in the band. I didn't have any like crazy hair or, or anything, you know. I just was just a genuinely handsome man, but I didn't have anything where you'd be like, oh, you're the dude with the you know the pink hair, yeah, whatever. And I realized that, and that's why in Mercy, um, I mean, beyond being up front with you, I'm like, I got, I have crazier hair. I dress, I mean, I get to dress myself, so I dress flashier. Right. 
But yeah, I mean, I, even a place like Dan's Bar, where uh, in Walnut Creek, where the stage is very uh, shallow, very low, and you're literally like the audience is like six feet away, not even probably six feet mm-hmm. away from me. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the people in the back can't see me probably because I'm I'm not on a drum riser. Right. But I'd have people that were sitting in the in the front. Or weddings, weddings, any gig, plenty of gigs where I'm close to the audience. People are right there. It's some invisible force field or something. I don't know what's going on. But like I'd walk off stage and people, oh, you're in the band. Yeah, what would you play? Keyboards? You've been staring at me all night. And I'm I'm sure I've said this before. I feel like I've said this before. But it's it never failed. Like I tried not to get upset. Because like who cares really? And they're not, they don't mean anything mean by They're not being. Uh, right. Don't trying to be a dick. Yeah, but it's just like, what is it about me that is so unmemorable in that in that particular environment? But I end up being so memorable in other, like that doesn't happen to me, other places. Right. Um, and it's funny because the you guys all wore different colors. I mean, the 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 outfits were all the same, but it it wasn't like. Most of the time, the the oh no, well, sometimes it depends. Sometimes, yeah, but still, it's like. It's still like, I would remember who's playing what if I was in the audience. It's just, a, I don't, I don't get it. Um, the other thing too, like that I, I, I used to, um, when I first started playing a lot um, of like cover gigs and stuff, you know, you come off stage, people want to buy you a drink. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we, most of the time we get drinks for free though. So I was yeah. trying to be nice. I just be like, oh, we drink for free, whatever. People would get upset that that you that I wouldn't like allow them to buy me a drink mm. and then I started thinking about it and I was like well then the bartender gets tipped and money whatever so then I just start, started saying screw it like you want to buy me a drink you buy me a drink yeah but I, I spent all this time like at the beginning trying to be no no you know I got drink tickets or no I get the bartender gets me you know lets me drink for free right Finally, I just gave up so you want to buy me a drink go ahead <laughs> yeah sometimes I'd have them buy me a drink and then I'd be like put give me my free one on the side right 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 exactly um, that's hilarious. I rem- I remember. Well, this has happened so this hap this has happened for years and years, and now it's funny because um, it's relevant now. But I still don't like being asked when I come off stage. So, so which guy up there is your husband? Which one are you married to? Well, the problem is now you actually have an answer to that question. Well, as I know, but like, I will still be like. <laughs> Do I have to be married to somebody to be in the band? Well, yeah, the other guy, that that guy right there is my <laughs> husband. Um, they never now it's relevant, but like just because I'm a female up there doesn't mean I'm with the guy in the band. And it, I always have like, and it was, again, it's one of those things that they don't mean anything by it. They're not being, they're not trying to like, um, do that. What do you call it? What was the thing that? that oh, like nagging or yeah. Whatever? Um, no, I'm, they honestly I'm think that I must be married to somebody in in the band. To, that you know, what what woman would just be in a band with a bunch of guys? I guess. Well, no, it's quite the opposite. They say it like it's such a like uh, relatable thing to say. Yeah, like they're very much like you know, like they think that they a they think they're clever. B they they really think it's like genuinely relatable. And it's the it's a look on their face and a tone in their voice that I'm, I almost don't want to be mad at them because they just they think that like this is an icebreaker to talk to right. the person in the band and it's like if you took two two steps back from what you just said you'd realize how how like dumb you sound. Well, but. it's just insulting. Yeah. And um and oh this is something this is another one that Bray and um 
Jeff touched on also in their first episode, which was also meaning they really think they're giving you a compliment. This happened at the Fairmont gig all the time. Also, I used to uh, sing at the top of the mark in the house band in San Francisco for, I don't even want to say how long. Um, what people really think is a huge compliment is telling you like, have you tried out for American Idol or The Voice or X Factor or any, you've got to try it. Like you got to try out for that. I can honestly say I have never seen one episode of a whole show of any of those. I, I don't, um, I don't, that's not my thing. <laughs> and, and I do have a story. I actually did audition for, um, American Idol. Like the last year I was eligible because I aged out at, Ooh. you know, what was it? You're too old at 23 or everybody whatever. Knows, everybody knows you can't have a career after 23. Yeah, everybody after 23, hates you you're, when you're, 23. you're done. And it was like the Nobody third. Nobody likes you when you're 23. <laughs> it was the the third season. God bless you. <laughs> you, you okay? It's not no, the vid. No, not the vid, right? I don't think so. Um, so I, I did audition and it was the most humiliating, like, thing I've ever gone through in the sense that I I learned very quickly and very fast that like oh none of this is real this reality show like is full of full of it um went to a huge went to I think the first audition was at um AT&T Park so like half of the stands are full of people waiting to audition finally after being there like the entire oh which they tell you you have to be in line at 5 30 a.m that's a lie they just want to film you being in line at 5 30 a.m but you can go in at any time but they say that because they want it to look like people have been there all people day people have been there people all day people can't wait to audition right so that was the first thing like okay you know and then you're there all day and then you're expected to sing at like five in the evening finally when they, they get to you and I go up and I sing literally two lines I cannot remember what it was and it was like okay cool here's your your ticket oh not not anybody but like some producer or somebody that's been like told this is what we're looking for this season here's your ticket we'll see you tomorrow wait what I gotta do this again tomorrow okay Go tomorrow to another location. I can't remember what that location was. It might have been like the convention center or something like that. Again, all day, get there at like seven in the morning, go into a meeting, like a big, huge, like workshop seminar where they teach you how to react because this isn't a reaction, but this is a reaction. So how are we going to react if we're mad? How are we going to react if we're happy? How are we going to react if we're like, so you're like in this whole coaching thing, like all day. And as you're doing that, they're taking you out individually to do another audition. So I audition a second time for another producer in a room by myself. Then you go back to your workshops and, and everything like that. Then you, then, you know, you're waiting around, waiting around. Then I went back for a third audition and this time with a smaller group on camera. So you can, they can tell you what you need to expect and everything for blocking and, and stuff like that. So two days, three auditions already still like, you know, 
I'm getting that much closer to getting in to see at the time of um, it was Simon, Paul Abdul and Randy. I mean, who knows more about singing than Paula Abdul? <laughs> so you were in good hands. So opposites attract. I'm like, <laughs> hey, straight the cartoon cat. I mean, the cartoon really cat sings better than her. True. No um, offense, Paula, if you're out there. But okay, so get all past this. So I've I've been through like a total of four auditions, and I'm told like, okay, you've made it this far. You're gonna get in to see Simon, Randy, and Paula. And, you know, cool. And right literally before me is this guy that they start interviewing and they're like on all the TV cameras and, and I mean, news cameras and everything like that. And it was, she bang, she bang. Oh my God. She move, she, right? So I'm like, wait a minute. How did he make it through four, five auditions and he's going in before me, like, th- and that was when I realized, like, oh, this is all total BS. Like, I just wasted two days. <laughs> I'm exhausted. My voice is tired already, you know, and and I, this guy is, like, with all these, like, because there are so many amazing singers that were there. I mean, there are great people that that do audition for it. I'm not saying that, like, people aren't talented, but that's when I realized what it was like really all about. So he went in before me and I was just like, you know, how do I, how do I follow this? Like, this is obviously, you know, all a setup and everything like that. Went in, I think I sang for them. I sang Black Velvet. That was my audition song, Black Velvet. And, um, <laughs> get this. Randy loved me. You know, uh, of everybody on the show. That meant a lot to me. Yeah. That meant a lot to me. Randy loved me. Randy said I had great pitch, that I had a great, great vocal quality. True, true. So that meant meant everything to me. Simon wouldn't even look at me from the second I walked in. He was just not interested. He was making sure I knew. He was trying so, rolling his eyes at every answer I had. Like I just, he just was like, nope, you know. And and he didn't give me anything. He he just when it got to Simon, he was like, nope. And Randy even asked, why? Yeah, you know, you can't just say no. You have to have a reason because you really don't have a reason. Right. And he's like, it's just no. So then it gets to Paula. So she's my last chance, right? And Paula's going, I I don't know. I just, I don't. I, I'm sure I don't, she doesn't know. I don't know. I don't. Well, you know, you just feel really like staged to me. You feel really like like staged. So I, I think I'm gonna say no. And Randy was even like, really? And me, I'm like, really? Paula Abdul, Miss Everything Choreographed, Miss Lip Sync is going to tell me that I'm too staged. And I was like, okay, thanks. And like I wasn't even disappointed because I just was like, I just followed the Shebang guy. What is his name? William, William Hung. Hung. <laughs> like I wasn't sure. And I got dumped, you know, for being too staged. Like, I don't even know, like, what that means. I didn't come in with choreography. If you put a I, you gun know? to her head and asked her to explain what that means, she wouldn't know. And that that was the year, that was the year after, this, like I said, this was, like, season three, I think. And then I was just, like, never again, 
Never again am I going to do I mean, do, if like, you look at the people that have won that show, like Kelly Clarkson, great. Carrie Underwood, okay. Um, you know, beyond, okay. Carrie Underwood. No, I just mean like, okay, like <laughs> I, I, I get that. Uh-huh. But like all the rest of the people on the, that have been on that show that have gone on to like good, like, you know, good success and whatever, most of them didn't win. Adam Lambert, yeah. Adam Lambert, who's maybe the best overall singer that's ever been on that show, Correct. didn't win. Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson didn't win. Right. You know, uh, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought you would enjoy that. That turned into like a more of an audition story. That's but, a good story, um, though. It's a good story because a lot of people don't know that story. So your turn. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> on the spot. for me, a lot, a lot, I mean, some of the other funny things that that have happened, it's like, it's hard for me to like, I don't have a memory for stuff that people have said is the problem. I have a memory for, uh, for stuff that has happened to me. Uh, you know, there's been plenty of times that like girls have made a big show of like giving me their number while I'm on stage oh, or whatever else. <laughs> and you know, cool. I'm a man of action. Yes. So when I come off stage and I come and find you. And I'm like, what's up? <laughs> or I text you or call you later and you're and you are all trying to be like, like coy, I, coy or shy or whatever. It's like you just gave me your number in front of an entire room full of people. Right. So if you're not interested, that's fine. Uh, but also, like, don't use me as like a prop. Yeah. To make a Aww. big show of like, you know, it's BS. Poor I feel disrespected. <laughs> Poor like, you, baby. You at least, least got to buy me a drink. At least. Well, that caught like so that that is a good segue into um, somewhat of the uh, the questions of like how our dynamic is because so first off, you and I, you know, we we've mentioned in previous episodes that we were we met in a, another band and when we came out that we were seeing each other, it was absolutely not okay, and it, the thing that was in question is what if you guys fight or it doesn't work out and it affects the whole band which I understand I respect that um but in the beginning the stupid little like things that you and I did like the little agreements that we had because we didn't want it we didn't want it known that we were seeing each other so the whole like if someone gives you their number just take it so that it doesn't look weird that you don't take it right but that just caused so much more <laughs> issues no, terrible because, idea. Because it was a terrible idea. Jealousy was like, was not great uh, then. And now it's funny because like now, well, even after, so when it, when it was known that we were seeing each other and we played in band, like stuff, one of the things that I will always say is if a girl makes a play for you on stage, she doesn't know any better. She doesn't know that we're together. Right. I, I give a free pass. I'm I'm not unreasonable. I'm <laughs> not an unreasonable woman. Um, don't test that theory. Don't test it. But I'm not unreasonable. But if if a woman has hit on you on a gig, I I mean, how many times have we have I pointed out like your type to you? Yeah, more than, more than <laughs> once. You know, but like first one is okay. Even the second one, kind of like oh, I I you know I'll even. Like maybe you didn't understand the first time and you know, it's, it's, it's cool. If you don't make sure that that is like, I remember the one chick that came up, you were, and granted you were trying to be nice and it's, it, we are put in a position where we have to walk a line because we are trying to be professional and not like immediately like push someone in the chest 
or or whatever, unless it's really like grossly inappropriate. But I remember this one chick came up and grabbed you and kissed you, like because she kept talking to you and kept like touching you and everything like that. And I remember like if you don't if you don't handle it, I'm gonna handle it. Where was this? Saddle rack. She kissed me. Yes. On the cheek? No. On the mouth? I think no. no. She didn't kiss you on the. She tried to kiss you. I pulled and you, away. And you were like, no. ah. <laughs> like no. Well, I no, mean, people you. people do people do feel like uh, they have a certain um, right to. I mean, you've mentioned this before. People feel like they have a certain right to your body and your space and everything else. I mean, the amount of times that like people have tried to like or successfully have like pushed their way on to stay on the stage or grabbed a microphone or. Whatever else, yeah. like most of the altercations I've gotten into have been over that because I just have zero patience for that. Right. I don't think it's cute. I don't think it's fun or funny. I and I don't enjoy it. Do not. I have to admit, like I am not. You will see me go zero to ten in two point five seconds when like people get up to dance on stage. You don't understand it as a singer the fear of getting my teeth knocked in by the microphone because some drunk chick goes up on stage dancing like you're not gonna you're probably not gonna pay my medical bills and I'm gonna like have to get you know dental I know who got oh I think it was Fraser that got like his lip split really bad and had a had a tooth knocked out once by that probably and um so I am very like I I don't really have a lot of patience for that and I have a hard time with that but that being said I mean you and I have done really well with for one, we share the stage really well, but um, that hasn't really been an issue since we've been able to be forthcoming and 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 obvious about our relationship. I'm still not very. I have to admit, I'm not very good at deflection because I don't. I don't want to be rude or or um, dismissive or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also like. I don't. I don't, haven't totally figured out how to walk that line between being like. Nice and playful and maybe even a little bit flirtatious, yeah. but like not in a way that go- that says I'm open for business. And also some people just don't take no for an answer, yeah, to be some, honest. But some people, and, and it doesn't matter because being being that way, you know, you, you know how I, I work. Like I have to connect with people and I connect with people in the band. I connect, but like I've got to sing to you. You do that a lot. And it's funny. You can see the people in the crowd that get that, but you can see the ones in the crowd that like, don't get that and really think that you are zeroing in on them and like you are sending a message. I mean, I've seen it, uh, you know, when you've he been singing. Me. He really yeah, likes me. Yeah, the whole like turning to the friend and going like, you know, oh my God, he came over and like sang to me and you know, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. Like this should be an interesting next break, uh-uh. you know, or um, for me, you know, I have to do the, the I, I get what you mean. I've, I've had to do the smile and be nice but I've learned a little bit more I think actually also having a daughter and knowing how I would want her to be you don't have to be mean but you do have to kind of like shut it down right away um so I've been better at that it's also I think it's tough because in our profession we are um we are entertaining there is a vibe you're trying to create there is a like an atmosphere you're trying to create so it feels like in the moment when you have to draw a hard boundary that it is it can be jarring you know I mean the times that I've had to like regulate people on the stage or touching our mics or grabbing tambourines or whatever it feels like I'm like I'm dramatically changing the vibe and the atmosphere of the event right because you're telling somebody no 
and their their whole thing is like I'm having so much fun. I'm gonna jump up and sing, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put myself out there, and I'm gonna be you know. They right. want to like, I mean, a they want to look look cool. They want people to notice them, but it's like sometimes they've had too much to drink, whatever. But the thing is, is like you know they cross a certain line, and I gotta like say no. And it, it's a hard thing to do because it, they there is a genuine disappointment. Yeah, and, and more than that, it's less it's less it's less disappointment as, as much as it's embarrassment. And people, yeah. when people get embarrassed, people react very differently. Like, there's very few people that just be like, "Oh, cool, sorry, no problem." Right. I mean, I think I have had to deal with more people touching me than you have. Oh, I'm sure. But I mean, you you were there that one time that one chick got thrown out because she wouldn't stop grabbing me. I was and also then there. I was on a gig one time where, oh my god, this still to this day makes me cringe and and um, just ugh. I was so sweaty, so gross and sweaty. I had a crop top on and I had like like drips of sweat just like running down my my body, like down my t- my stomach and my, my and everything. And she kept like coming up and like touching me and grabbing me around the hips or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but doing my thing. Then she straight up took her finger from my waist up to up the front of my chest and licked her finger. That's disgusting. That grosses me out to this day. (laughs) It was like, what are you doing? Like that is the, oh, it was the grossest thing. Grossest thing ever, I think, that I've dealt with on stage. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> and that and that well that and that's a tough line. Uh, I mean, you talk about working together and being partners and everything. It's a tough line because I do try to let you handle things because you're a fully grown adult grown woman. Woman, you've done this for you've been a singer for way longer than me. You know how to handle people normally, normally. but there's also people that just like don't respect women or whatever. And I have had to intervene both before we were before we were together and after. Yeah. But you've always some, there you've are always times there are times me. where it's like this person's not gonna let it go and I gotta like step in. I yeah, remember but there you've a, stuck up but like you said, before we were together, you're just that type. You you're gonna stick up for anybody. Yeah. And, and I've done and it for stuff. other Yeah. I've done, done it for, for plenty other of other people. But people one of the, I remember one a, a gig early on when you were playing uh in the in the when you joined the band that we were in previously, uh, <laughs> I think it was a ten fifteen Folsom, and there was just it was like a corporate event or something. It was weird. It was a weird event with weird people, <laughs> but I think it was a corporate, and there was just this dude who just parked himself right in like literally right in front of you, mm-hmm. and there was like, you know, ten fifteen Folsom was like a dance club. And and this event was for like I don't know if it was it was for a tech company or an accounting firm or uh, it mm-hmm. was a weird clientele but they, everybody was pretty nice but like people were milling around we weren't like necessarily it wasn't necessarily like a like a dance vibe right and this one guy just like parked himself literally and there's like not that many people on the dance floor everybody's milling around there's two levels it's a whole thing and he parked himself right in front of you and stared at you. And and did not stop staring at you for the entirety of the time that we were, were that we were performing. Right. Which on the one hand, you you know maybe somebody would I say like, remember this. well that's flattering or he's just supporting or whatever. But yeah, that's, that's not how normal people <laughs> act. You know, 
Especially if you're one of the only people near the stage, you would like take a couple steps back and like watch the whole band. And even if you are checking the singer out, like maybe you'd be subtle and like spend time like looking at everybody else and then <laughs> what I would call stealing glances. Right. But he wouldn't stealing stop glances. staring at you. And I got uh, finally got fed up because I was like, he's in your space. He's make, definitely making you uncomfortable. Right. And he's not getting the hint. And I walked right up to that. That I almost cursed real bad. <laughs> I watched. I, was, I didn't care. I'm like, dude, we're here doing a job. You're being weird. And I don't I, remember this. And I walked up to him and I said, "Hey, man, I don't know. I don't know what you think you're doing, but I can tell you how it's coming across. Like, stop staring at my singer. <laughs> like, take a couple steps back and like chill out. You know." Right. And he he did, but it was like stuff like that that I'm like nobody else really noticed. Mm-hmm. But I did, and I knew it was making you uncomfortable, and it's like putting you in a position to have to say or do something. Right. I was like, I'll do it. I'm the drummer. I don't care. <laughs> no know? one no one knows who I am. Yeah, he probably won't even remember I'm in the band after the gig. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, re- I don't remember that one. I mean, I, I remember um, you and I have never fought on a gig. No. Um, we fought after gigs. But it's never affected our performance on a gig. You got mad at me once on a gig, but it wasn't really at me. The gig was awful. It was just an awful gig. Nobody was paying attention to us. Uh, the subs didn't know the songs. And I just decided like, oh, who cares? Nobody's paying attention anymore. I'm going to have a couple more drinks. And I got pretty toasty. And you got, because that's, that's the stuff that you'll get mad about. You won't get mad about flirting so much or like that type of stuff you get mad if you feel like i'm not giving it my my all and i'm Which not doing my best very rare yeah it's it's happened maybe twice but um i get mad if anybody does that yes no again yeah you don't save it just for me here you you give it to anybody if i packed it, if i hold my gear and set it up and and I, whatever and i'm there well, I remember uh, this one gig, you were just, you just kept, well, you had your, your shades on, so I couldn't even see your eyes, but I could feel them. <laughs> you were mad. And, um, but still like, we've never, um, I don't feel we've ever affected the, the performance of the band. I mean, I, I think there's been other things that have factored in, in like the case of like getting lazy and no, feeling like nobody was paying attention. And just, then we just start like, you know. Jack, I don't even know the word that I want, but you know what I mean. You like, said jack and off. I did almost like, say that, and that wasn't I should really try that. The- I bet you that would get everybody's attention. <laughs> oh, the, I wasn't really paying attention, and the singer started jerking off, and I couldn't, I couldn't look away. That's not what I meant. To I say. couldn't look away. I had to see if he would finish. Well, one one of the stories that you know I wanted to talk about was um, I want to talk about uh, weird. I did this gig. Uh, shout out to. Uh, Eric Cotton of the Cheese Balls. Um, Great guy. Yes. I did a gig at the Powerhouse with them. I was subbing with um, with them. It was a long time the ago. The Cheese Balls? The Cheese Balls. The Cheese Balls. The Cheese Balls. Very fun band. And Very good people in that band. You know, the Powerhouse and Folsom have quite a reputation with many of the cover bands, and let's just leave it yeah. at that. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Funny thing let's is- Let's just I, leave it at that. When I joined when I joined <laughs> the previous band, they hadn't stopped playing there. We started playing there again towards the end of my tenure, but I really didn't experience any of that because oh. I just didn't ever play those. Those gigs were over by the time I got there, and then like other bands, uh, I don't know. I just never got asked to sub. And I so. have played the Powerhouse with- 
The Cheese Balls, Notorious, Tainted Love, uh, other another pickup band. I can't remember who it was. Um, a country band. Was it? Uh, what was that one? Honey, Honey Pie. What was it? American Honey. American Honey. Oh. <laughs> Um, and, and all your years, if I'd show, if I showed up, it was basically like the, the booker would eye roll and go, who isn't here tonight? Like if they saw me, me there. Um, so I was, I was, I was pretty much a regular there with ev- almost every other band that, that played there. But this one time, this woman really wanted to introduce me to, to a guy Like she really wanted to introduce me to, to this guy that was like, he's been just eyeing you all night and he wants to meet you. And you know, we want to buy you a drink and blah, 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 blah. And, and again, doing the thing of where like, I have always had a rule. I don't date anybody I meet on a gig. Except for me. I don't date anybody that's not a musician that I meet at a gig. Okay. Um, it's just, it works for some people, and I know that it has, and, and stuff, but for me, if that's your first impression of me, I, it, it already, like, is a strike against you. Like, I, I just, there's something that, that of, if that's the first time you meet me, seeing that, that side of me on stage, that's not, that's not great for me. That's just always been a little thing. Um so she brings this guy up, but so I have no intention of of going out with the guy. I have no intention of giving him, giving him my number, but I'm being nice and being polite and introducing myself. And she's giving me all these compliments. You are so good. Oh my gosh, your voice and you you could sing this, and then you'd sing this, and it was so great. And you're so fun, and you dance. Oh my god, your moves and all this stuff. And like, so you know, the only you are almost perfect. And right away, That's I'm like, great setup. Yeah, I'm like almost perfect. Like. Okay, and she goes, you're almost perfect. Now the thing that you need to do is you need to get yourself a boob job. I was so not expecting that, that like for me to be, like I, that wouldn't cause me to be speechless now, but then I was like completely speechless. The poor guy that she brought to me to introduce that is standing there is like, mortified and I knew that even if he was going to ask me for his number for my number he like he was so he couldn't get out of there fast enough and he was like I, I'm sorry and like took off and like runs off but she was like I have the great I have a number of a great surgeon and all this stuff and I was like oh my god that's the first and only time I've ever been told I needed a boob job you don't. and it was by a woman who told me I was almost perfect except for I needed a boob job. You should have told her, just pick anything. Like, just, you're almost perfect too. You should get your teeth fixed. (laughs) I actually walked, why why I shouted out Eric Cotton in the beginning. Is is your breath a, a, is that a medical condition? Because I have the number of a great uh, gastro, uh, whatever. Yeah. I walked into the, can you call it a green room? The, I don't even uh, think there office. was one by the time I got there. It was, it, I'm, what I'm I joking, remember sitting in the hookah little, lounge. That's that little office. And I go, um, Eric, some woman just told me I need a boob job. And he, and he just, no, without missing a beat, he was like, F her. Like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay, cool. And like, not that I needed that, but like, that was where my mind was. And I was just like, so shocked that someone felt like she wouldn't go to the bank teller. She wouldn't tell the cashier at Safeway that she, you know, but she felt that she could come up to me and tell me that. That was what was so amazing is like, 
would you tell that to the school teacher that's teaching, you know, your kid or your, you know, just the fact that because I was a singer and performer and I gave you a couple minutes of my time after the show, you felt it was okay to tell me I needed a boob job. Well, it's also shocking. It's a word of advice. It don't give, I mean, you shouldn't give anybody unsolicited advice, but like, especially performers and musicians, uh, like, again, I think it has something to do with people thinking that they're entitled to your, your space or your body or your time or whatever. Cause there's been more than one time that I've been on gigs, uh, in particular with like one of the best guitar players that I've ever heard, let alone played with named James DePredo. And at more than one time I've, I've told people to, to F off, uh, because they come up and they go start trying to give him advice about his like pedal board or his amp or his tone or oh God. whatever. And I just walk up and go, Hey bud, he doesn't need your advice. Thanks. <laughs> he doesn't need your help. He's doing just fine. Right. You know? But it's happened more than one time. It's very rarely happened to me. I think I have an energy that's like does not um, um, open itself up to that particular line of dialogue. But uh, right, yeah, you know, I could see that. James is such a nice guy, that, and and the thing is, James is such a nice guy that he's like entertain. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, he's he's he just is incapable of being mean to anybody. And I'm like, right. I'll be mean. I'm happy. To. <laughs> I haven't been mean in a while. I, I see let me I, loose. Let me loose. I gotta see if I can still do it. Oh, that's funny. Well, I mean, for me, it, it's kind of happened in, in these backhanded compliment ways of on gigs, you know, being told like that. La- now, that last song you did that you did well. Yeah, that one. you And it's like, oh, I didn't. Which do ones did I not do? All well? the other, you know, songs. Oh, well, no, but I, that one. And, and I think some of these shows like American Idol and The Voice and everything have made people think that they're judges themselves now. So when they come to see you and they like they feel that they like have have the ability to to know what like is pitchy and what's in your wheelhouse and like all this stuff now and like they feel the need to come up and tell you that and it's like again would I ever come to your work and go like that's not how I would do that PowerPoint presentation like seriously well it's also funny because um and I should make clear, like, if you have song suggestions or something like that, like, that is not what I'm talking about. No. Like, it's perfectly okay to be like, have you heard this song? Like, you guys should, would be, you guys would do this great, whatever. I love that. Especially because, like, so many songs slip past me these days that mm-hmm. it's nice to know what's going on. But, yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about uh, offering it, it, uh, advice, I guess, I'll use that term loosely, just just don't, <laughs> you know? No. I don't know. And but at the same time I like talking to people. That's the tough part is I do I like talking to people after I come off stage. I like getting I like going to the bar and getting a beer and talking to people, but sometimes I mean also I've just been performing usually for 75 minutes and my break is my break. And that's hard sometimes because that is the time and especially being a woman right as I come off the stage, some guy wants to buy me a drink or talk to me and go, "Hey, where you where you live where are you from and it's kind of like I just sang for 75 minutes I got 10 to 15 minutes to go to the bathroom to have a breather to have a drink I don't want to spend my break screaming over the music the break music and and I want my I want my break trying to pick up a female singer or female musician especially I mean guys were a little built a little different but you know like trying to pick up a female musician on on a gig is like trying to like pick up a stripper, <laughs> and I don't mean to say female musicians are like strippers, but like, like strippers. It's 
I like strippers too, but I'm saying they're not like strippers. Right. Like, but I'm not trying to say that, but I am trying to say that same thing of like, they're performing, you know, and right. they're they're doing a job and they're there to entertain you, but they see tons of people all the time. Mm-hmm. You're not special, <laughs> and they're not usually in that mode or that interested. Like it's it's right. and, and it's weird. You know, it's it's somewhat dangerous too. It's yes. just like you don't know. I mean. Within t- 10 minutes talking to somebody, you're going to give them your, I don't, you know, it's just. Well, I mean, it happens in, in regular life anyway, doesn't it? What's funny to me is we're having this conversation and I just realized like we haven't even done a gig together as a married couple. We've done one. Yeah. So we haven't like all the other gigs. I mean, we've been together for like, God, how many years now? <laughs> um, That's your job. That's your department. Yeah, you tell like me. Four and a half, something like that. But I mean, um. We haven't even done like a, a public in-person gig since we've no. married because we got married COVID times. Yeah. So um, I just, I just, that just came to my, to my brains. Yeah. It's kind of sad. <laughs> there is light at the end of the tunnel though. I mean. There is. I know we, we haven't talked about COVID much lately, which is good because I'm just burned I'm out I'm burned out on, on COVID. <laughs> but I just I read today that they the FDA, you know, approved the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. So now there's three vaccines that are approved mm-hmm. for use. And a lot of these cities have now set up, you know, mass injection sites, which, you know, those words aren't usually a, a, a great sign. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, by summer, there's it's realistic that a, a heck of a lot of people can be vaccinated. So there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully it'll be working by summer you know, late summer at the latest. So hopefully maybe. Oh gosh, I got to get back in shape. I know. <laughs> I and I get mean, physical gig shape. shape and get, well, I got to just get and, into shape period. And I, but I just mean like, I am, I am worried about doing, you know, that long of a show now, like get, get back in vocal shape. I've been trying to do my, my vocal exercises and then it's like, dang, just 30 minutes and ouch, like I'm tired and my, my throat feels worked and stuff like that. And we, it's not like we haven't been singing. True. Um, but it's yeah, I just think those that like we have a lot of, a lot of good stories like that. And I know I'm, we're going to end this and I'm like, oh, we should have talked about this one and that one. There'll be so many more. Well, it, could be a, it could be a, um, it could be a, um recurring bit or recurring uh oh definitely because we show. haven't even talked about um our celebrity uh stories and that one is going to be a fun one salacious i i think but yeah. um i don't know any other like good ones you could think about off the top of your head real quick um i thought i had one earlier and now i can't it's not coming back to mind it doesn't make for great me thinking doesn't make for a great podcast episode <laughs> Well, um, I think I hit all the ones that I wanted to. I wasn't even planning on going into the um, American Idol one. So that was kind of fun. That was a good one. But um, yeah, I pretty much have one for every venue that we've we've done. I mean, there's so much to go into. So we'll, I mean, we'll I have, have a some, lot. I have some stories that I, I don't know if I can tell. <laughs> I probably know them all as well, long as I, I know them. I did one time I took a girl home. From the from a county fair gig, <laughs> I do remember this one. And after we slept together, she informed me that her dad is a sheriff, 
and that don't worry, he won't be back till like, you know, nine in the morning or whatever. And he's a canine officer. <laughs> and I was like, I'm leaving right, right. now. <laughs> you didn't tell me any of this before. Right. Uh, also, I, I had the keyboard player's rental car. I had to take his rental car in order. To <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god! You know, and so that's always a fun one for me to pull out because I mean, people would like, "Oh, have you ever done this? Have you ever done this?" I'm like, "Have you ever taken a girl home from the county fair?" Well, that's your first. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, when you say it that way, it sounds it doesn't sound great, but I can honestly say, like, I I have never gone home with anybody in that capacity. You're smart. Yeah, I'm telling you, there. I'm not gonna. I, that's just not. Again, it's also because not, there's something about like, especially and and especially if it's one of the gigs that we play frequently. A lot of those people are there all the time, and just just not giving some guy the satisfaction of being able to point out, like, see that singer up there? Yeah, I bagged her last weekend. You know, it's also that's yeah, that's me. I have a I have like no. It's also, um, you know, unfortunately, guys and girls, like, it's it's a different playing field. Like, what's sort of, you know, okay or acceptable for guys to do isn't necessarily the flip side. Oh, that was definitely one of the worst things that I experienced being in most of those bands. Right. I mean, I, I was totally held to a different standard. Not by in, me, though. No. No, you would have let me be. You would have been totally fine and empowered me to go sleep with any man no uh, okay let's not go that far <laughs> no i no, couldn't I, mean, I couldn't have taken a boy home from the county fair I'm, come I'm, on not when we were together <laughs> uh no i mean that the the you the, what you alluded to about the i guess the like the, the uh, people knowing where you are or whatever it's not just like giving them the satisfaction it's that like you're a public figure and your gig schedule is often public and stuff, you know, it's just like you, you enter into like, I mean, I guess you have that with anybody, but especially, I don't know. You just never know. Yeah. No, it's happened with, I've told you it's happened with exes, you know, and stuff like, you know, um, showing up when they weren't supposed to and knowing that they weren't supposed to. And it's like, what can I do? It's a public place. Right. And, um, but they knew I was going to be there and be playing and, and wanted to, you know, manipulate that, time and space mm-hmm. so there's that again feel entitled to your uh and there have been super fans that that uh, that have done that male and female i had one wacky female fan Ooh, i don't even remember how it started i honestly i don't remember how it started and this is years ago when i was living in san francisco and i remember i used to play words with friends a lot in fact i used to play with depredo a lot Right. <laughs> um, and uh, somehow she and I played after we met. We met at some, oh, 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 oh. I met her at a New Year's Eve gig at the Monterey Bay Aquarium years ago. Years ago. It was even before um, Fraser. And so I, I knew her and she just out of the blue would pop up at these gigs. And gigs that were far. Like she, she lived down like in that area, Monterey, like Selena's area. Yeah. And she would pop up in San Rafael. She would like just be there. And then, then she got as bold as to message me on, um, words with friends. And she'd say, um, I saw that you're playing in, uh, Sacramento. I can get to San Jose and you can pick me up and I'll drive with you. 
no. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no. Uh, actually, unfortunately, I took all the seats out of my car. Well, I would just including be like, mine. I don't even have. I would a, just uh, say, you know, I'm driving. I'm I'm carpooling. I'm driving with somebody else. You know, whatever. I'm not going through that way. I'm already, uh, you know, somewhere else or whatever. And um, she actually one of the last times she showed up at a gig. Like she showed up at that one in San Rafael and I was so shook and that happened to be one I think that Fraser came to pick me up and um, she actually even asked me to to speak to me and I said no that's not that's not gonna happen that's not gonna work out and she's like well I want to speak to you and without him and He's like, no, that I've had enough. Like, this is this is done. You've got to stay away, and you you can't show up anymore, and everything like that. So, like, it doesn't. It isn't even just men that it can happen with. Like, people just get wacky sometimes. And she just really thought that we were like besties, and she wanted to have this. Like, I came up here to talk to you, and and we need private a private moment and everything. And I was just like, holy moly! So there have been like some weird things. So yeah, I gotta be careful with how I talk to people at gigs. And like I, t- I was, we were having a conversation earlier about, um, you know, I I got better at asking for walks to my cars from um, like the bouncers or the or security. Um, but like as a female, it's just hard to trust anybody. Oh, I remember the, the other story. What? Speaking of people getting wacky, this, <laughs> this was a man getting wacky. Uh, before you were in the the previous band, we played a big Halloween show at the Napa Fairgrounds. Mm, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a big show, like multiple. You know, we were we were in one of like the the um, um, what do you call them? The presentation. I don't know. Like when you go to the fair and you go inside Exhi- uh, exhibition hall. exhibition hall. Yeah, Look. big stage. You know, whole thing and um. There was like uh, hay bales across the front or whatever, which was awesome because I was we dressed up, but we dressed up like whatever we wanted. So I dressed up like a cowboy, of course. Again. So I'm <laughs> I'm in my shit kickers and I you know I got the whole nine or whatever, and um, this uh, lesbian couple starts talking to me and the keyboard player. I was talking mm-hmm. to the whole band, but they they, they were really nice, mm-hmm. genuinely nice. And I, I'm not there's no I'm not alluding to anything. They were very nice. <laughs> There was nothing like flirtatious or sexual or whatever. Right. And I'm young, youngish, you know, I'm, I'm unattached. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're, you know, we're having an after party up, up at my house or whatever. And like, you guys should all come or however many can. Right. And uh, our keyboard player was also unattached. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, let's go. Dude, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, They had a guy with them. Mm-hmm. And it became clear very quickly that he was very into one of the one of the uh, girls or I don't know I mean I don't want to assume that they are they might be gender fluid whatever mm. but at the time I mean that wasn't right. a thing that I was even aware of so mm. uh, apologies if I'm offending anybody or misgendering but the point is is they were not being flirty they were just being nice we were of a similar age and they're like we we love you guys if you guys want to come hang out whatever this guy's just seething <laughs> And then like that was on a break and then we play our second set and then we're, we're packing up and they're at the front and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go get their number or address or whatever. Cause why not? Right. Like Napa's not that far from home and I could always crash up here or whatever. Right. If I have to. Um, and I go over and start talking to him or whatever. And this dude flips out, 
flips out, takes a swing at me. What? Yeah. I've heard, I think I've heard the story, but I didn't know that he took a swing at you. Uh, I'm pretty sure he took a swing. He tried to get his, he tried to grab me. Oh. Um, I can't remember. I, I don't want to like, I don't want to embellish, but it was like <laughs> the dude, the dude tried to like fight me basically. Okay. And I had the keyboard player with me and he's a really nice guy. <laughs> and you know, I know like he's just not a very, uh, he's a lover, not a he's fighter. Not a, he's a lover, not a fighter. I, on the other hand. You're not a fighter, not a fighter but you but will I, if you step gonna, up. If you want to do it, you yeah. Know. You want to dance? I I basically <laughs> almost pulled this guy across the hay bales or whatever. But I'm I I'm like laughing. I'm like looking at this guy. He, he was so angry because at this point I'm like I'm like well I'm just gonna tweak this guy. I start just like just laying into him about how like he's so pathetic. <laughs> like it's so obvious that that he's into this girl. But I'm like. She's dating this girl. She's a lesbian, bro. Like, she's not, like, what is wrong with you? Oh, anyway. my God. Did and you it, go to the party? And it, No. <laughs> I wasn't sure. No. I thought, like, were you, like, would you go and, like, just to prove a point or just, like, no, no I don't need you that don't know, smoke. That would be stupid. You don't know who he's going to show up yeah, there with yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah. No, true. But it, it, hap- it came out of, it came so out of nowhere, and, like, the keyboard player was like, what, if, what just happened? Because like it 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 was a I would I would I would uh, describe it as a dust up and it was amongst the dust hay bales up. and everything and I'm wearing cowboy boots and I'm like yes that is hilarious yeah. um so anyway that was the other story I was trying to think of <laughs> I was just like yes. I I felt like I was in like a like a rom com or something mm, where I'm like this is this is like uh this is like something somebody would make up in a script or something like this isn't really happening right now. Is it like this guy is so into this girl that he wants to fight me because she's inviting me to a party. Right. When it's very clear to me that she's with the other girl that she, like, you know, anyway, I used to, I, I remember, I mean, I mean, we, like I said, we could go on with so many different types of stories, but there is the one that I, I have to laugh. I couldn't laugh about it for a long time, but the one that used to always dance for you. Yeah. <laughs> On the gigs, oh, she would make me so mad. And I couldn't be mad because we were a secret and and everything. And it was one of the during that time of like don't make it don't make it a thing and and take her number. But she came on so strong and she was like that type of girl that wants all eyes on her and she's coming after you, but until you give her what she wants, she's gonna like be all over this guy and then she's gonna like be all grinding all over this guy and like don't doesn't that make you want her even more and I remember like this went on a couple times until I was just like I almost dragged her off this I remember one time she followed you up and was gonna be um she was uh, all like on top of you while you were uh breaking down because this is when you played drums right and, I still um, play drums, but not. But yeah, yeah, but I was, and I was just like, I, I know you could see it in my eyes. I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna pull her off by the hair. If it, like, I, I ended up. <laughs> that was one of my my moments where I went to one of the bouncers. I'm like, see that that girl up there, because you and I could get away with everything, True. like and stuff. So I, I remember going like, see that girl, get her off. Are you serious? Yeah, go get her off. Because for us, we always got the the rules bent for us and everything. So they were letting her be up there because she was talking to you. And right. I was like, go get her. Get her off now. So that was one of my 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 moments. <laughs> hey, whatever you got to do. That you know? finally, uh, I think. I was just trying to be nice. Yeah. You did, yeah. I remember she took your phone and put her number in it because she was upset that you hadn't called her. And you said you, lo- you 
must have lost her number. Yeah, must have. <laughs> I'll just check my Rolodex. Right. Um, well, I think I, I want to save some of the other stories for another another time. Yeah. I just wanted to tell that last one because what if I didn't remember next time? Exactly. You know, but now I'm story. telling you, I'm, I I now all these like other great stories are coming to mind and, and stuff like that. We'll, we'll make this a recurring segment and eventually we'll start playing again. We'll have new stories. We will. We're going to have like our first like, you know. So what happened on your first public married gig? Yeah. <laughs> something will something will. Something always does. Well, alrighty. That was fun. Yeah. Good talk. Good times. Yay. All right. Okay. Let's get ready for bed. Okay. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Okay. Bye, everybody. You said that you found me.